living in ultra life. This week on Living in Ultra Life. No, wait. On our show today, we have our normal. Normal. No, <laughs> normal. Our normal. I'm normal. We have our usual host, Mike. I like Porter. normal better. I no. I like no. You said normal we first. We have she, our regular host, normal, Mike Horner, normal. who we, just completed his 58th mile over the weekend of his 58th birthday. Mike, can you tell us how this tradition began and where it began? Well, this tradition began on a January wintry, snowy, freezing cold morning in Sheridan, Wyoming, when I walked into the kitchen and I announced to my beautiful forever girlfriend, I'm going to run 50 miles on my 50th birthday. That was January of 2014. I'm not sure if you guys can hear the eye roll, but there was definitely an eye roll. No, there was more than an eye roll. There was the statement, why would you do something so crazy? Crazy. That pretty much says it all. I mean, I don't have to explain anything else. However, there is an explanation for it. So in my first half of my life, I did a lot of things that... I don't know, weren't the most solid, weren't the most bestest, you know, things in the world. And I felt like I wasn't at my strongest sense, at, at, at my strongest that I could be. I had began my adult life as a severe alcoholic and consumer of chemical uh, things. And I then ventured into a lot of years of beating myself up and you know, wondering whether I was worth anything. And there were just a lot. My first half of my life, I looked at and I was like, you know, there were a lot of points I wasn't living at my strongest that I could live. And so as I was approaching 50, I said, I just kind of set a, I made a decision. I said, you know, I want to live my second half stronger. And so as I was trying to think of, okay, how do you live the second half of your life stronger than the first half of your life? I had started running in 2012. So I've been running for, or 2011. So I've been running for three years now, or this was my third year running, I guess it would have been. And I was like, I really enjoy running. It seems to balance me. It seems to, you know, take care of the emotional, mental, spiritual angst that I had in my mind when I go out for a run. And I thought, well, I'm going to go run 50 miles on my 50th birthday. I had no idea that there were people who actually did this like on a regular basis. And so I just decided to do it. And I just decided, okay, I got to work up to where I can run a marathon every month. And so in April, I started running a marathon every month. And July 3rd of 2014, I set out early, early in the morning and uh, went and did 50 miles. How has running your age on your birthday adapted over the years? Well, I think from 50 to like probably 55, because it was before we moved here. Because 50 to 55, I could go and get a 50 to 55 mile run in pretty much anywhere in Sheridan. If it was going to be hot, I could go up in the mountains because it was a 15 minute drive. And I could go do a you know 50 to 55 mile run, 12 to 14 hours. And, I, and that's what I did when we were in Wyoming. When we moved to Hampton Roads, Virginia, 
things changed because there was this extra added thing called humidity and I had to adapt my running strategy because, you know, July 3rd is a hot, humid day. And so I've done different things. I think the first year here, I went and did uh, 56 miles on the treadmill at the gym. Last year, I did 10 5.7 mile runs all the time. And this year, I just I didn't set like a particular run target. I started out thinking, okay, I'll do four 14 and a half mile runs and quickly changed and ran a eight mile, a marathon, a nine mile, a nine mile again this morning. And then I finished up with a six mile this morning to finish it all up. So, you know, it's just I adapt with how my body feels and how the temperature and humidity is for the day. You have overcome a lot with summer running since we've moved to Virginia because it hasn't been very pleasant for your skin. And I have to applaud that you have come up with adaptations to make it so that you don't end up one giant blistering wilt over your birthday weekend. It's made your birthday much more pleasant than the first. Yeah, that first, uh, that first, Number 56 was, that was not fun. (laughs) Pretty painful 4th of July we have there. Yeah. So do you think this living an ultra life was impacted at all? I'm thinking back in the deep, dark recesses of my brain of a small group that you joined that was based on a book called... Uh, halftime. Halftime, yep. And you did this book study with a bunch of men called Halftime about finishing strong. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. It was a it was a really different group. I mean, I don't think we were all from the same church, um, but we were all just regular guys. Um, our pastor was kind of led it but he didn't really lead it he's i think he's the one whose dad found the book halftime so we just started studying it the whole book was talking about guys that were approaching their 50th birthday the in and it was talking about how do we make sure that we're men who finish the second half of your life strong how do you make sure that you leave the past in the past you know that that verse forgetting the past i strive towards mark that jesus christ has set for us how do you make sure that you forget the past and that doesn't mean all failures because i think a lot of people think forgetting the past we forget all of our failures but it's also forget all the successes forget all the things that went right and how do i lay those aside to wait and see what my next assignment is for the second half of my life and how do I make sure that I'm impacting people in a positive way to help other people move forward too because I don't think it's any secret that the whole thing about living an ultra life is not about running ultra marathons in case you know you were confused there living an ultra life has very little to do with actual running an ultra life and has a lot to do with the fact that there's a verse that I love that it comes from John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says, I have come to give you life and give you life to the full. Well, the whole thing about being in the second half of my life is that I want to live life to the full and I want to help others live life to the full. 
That means that we don't sit there and get so twisted with what we're not doing right and what we're not doing compared to everybody else. And we go, you know what? I am capable of so much more than I think I'm capable of. And instead of just wishing and dreaming that I can live this full life, I'm going to go and grasp life and I'm going to live life to the full. Living an Ultra Life is brought to you by Forge Glory Athletics. Forge Glory Athletics is a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth in multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. And, you know, for some, that may mean you're going to go out and you're going to try and run a five-minute mile. That's not me. Um because I don't have that speed button. For some of you, that may mean that you're going to go and you're going to sign up for a 24-hour race and you're going to actually move your body for 24 hours and not care about how many miles you run. For some of you, it may mean just getting off the couch and moving your body for 15 minutes a day. For some of you, it may mean you're going to write that book that you've always dreamed of writing. For some of you, it may mean that, you know what? You go into your boss and you say, hey, I actually do deserve a raise. For some of you, it may mean going, you know what? I'm working in a place that doesn't give me any satisfaction. I'm going to find the thing that gives me satisfaction and I'm going to pursue it. That's what living life to the full is. You are an amazing inspiration in this. And I think that anyone who knows us knows that you are the more than half full glass kind of guy. And I am the more than half empty kind of girl, but you are an inspiration. Tell me, do you think the words of Stephen Curtis Chapman, the phrase says, the mountains are steeper and the valleys are deeper than I ever could have dreamed. Have you found that has been true as you have transferred into the second half of your life? I have. And, you know, the mountains are steeper and the valleys are deeper. But the one thing that is constant is that I know that I have someone who is singing my praise all the time. And it's not just my forever girlfriend. You know, the when I decided that I wanted to pursue a life that was not just centered on what I wanted and what I could get out of life, there was there was. A transformation happened. I went from being this angry at everybody else because they had more than me. I went from being angry with sales managers who would carve off your territory and give it to somebody else, you know, because you had, you know, made that successful and now you had to build back up to that point again. And I went from being angry about that to realizing that, you know, when something happens to me that I think is bad, there's actually a mountain to climb on the other side of that. And when I get to the top of the mountain, there are such amazing views from the top of the mountain. And so I can either stay in the valley of despair, stay in the valley of defeatedness, stay in the valley of I'm not worthy, or I can buckle down and I can say, I'm going to go climb the mountain. And when I get to the top of the mountain, know that, you know what, I might be going down in the valley again, but it's okay because down in the valley, I'm going to find something down in the valley that's going to cause me to climb the mountain again. And so, yeah, the mountains are steeper, the valleys are deeper, but 
I know that every day I get the honor of breathing, something amazing is going to happen. Okay, so you just passed the 58-year mark. What do you see in your future with steep mountains and deep valleys? So I, I know this sounds crazy, but, you know, I started exploring a couple years ago what I'm capable of. Like, I think I have realized what I myself can do and what I'm capable of, but I still have not figured out what my, what my capacity is. And by capacity, I mean, I'm not too full yet, you know? So it's like, I haven't hit full. So I've, I've run a hundred miles. I've successfully run 24 hours. I've done some pretty crazy things. I have been blessed to be able to do a vertical mile challenge, things like that. I've really been blessed, but I still haven't I still haven't figured out what my capacity is. And so next February, I am actually really, really honored to be part of the Swami Shuffle 200. It's raising some money for Mission 22, which is an organization that supports veterans and really helps veterans identify PTSD and then helps them to them and their families to overcome this and not become one of the 22 veterans a day that commits suicide. Really, really excited about that. If you listen to their interview with James Huller a couple weeks ago, he kind of described it. But here's why I'm excited about going and running 222 miles. It's not the 222 miles that I'm excited about. It's the journey along this self-supported 200 miler where I'm not gonna have pacers, I'm not gonna have aid station, and it's gonna be me versus me out there figuring out just how much capacity I have to keep pushing my body further. I'm looking forward to it because I think it's gonna be this mental, emotional, spiritual journey to another level because I don't think I've reached what my capacity is yet. I don't think I've reached the capacity and helping others that I think I have the capacity of. I don't think I've reached the capacity in my marriage journey that I think that I have the capacity to reach. I don't think I've reached the capacity in my spiritual journey that I think I have the capacity to reach. And that excites the snot out of me because that means that I haven't arrived. I think everybody's heard the story of the green tomato. We should stay a green tomato because a green tomato is still sucking up nutrients. It's still sucking up the vitamins and the minerals and it's still alive and it's still thriving and it's still growing and it, there's still you know more to be had as green tomato. A red tomato reaches a level and now it's ripe and there's only two things that can happen to it. It can either be picked and eaten or it can stay on the vine and rot and die. I don't want to be a red tomato. Skip the fact that I don't like tomatoes at all. But I don't want to be a red tomato. I want to be a green tomato, always believing that there is something more that I can learn from life. Because that's what life is about. Life is about approaching it and looking at it and going, okay, what else can I learn from this life? And what's my capacity to be able to learn? I haven't figured it out yet. And that's what I'm excited. So what am I excited about for the future? I'm excited that as I journey on this amazing journey that I'm blessed to have, that I know that I'm never going to reach my capacity and I'm excited about helping others 
to realize that you haven't reached your capacity and that there is life to live to the full. So get out, out from underneath the blankets and the desk and all the things that would limit you and go live life to the full. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being our guest today on Living an Ultra Life. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you back next week.